Hi, I'm Ryan Gold, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. We are the boys in white and blue, and we are back for another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Navid Mashinshi. No Steve this week. He's on a boat, probably. Celebrating. <laughs> yes. Celebrating the Whitecaps being back in BC being back at BC Place and being back to winning ways, back-to-back wins. They've set an MLS-era club record, eight games undefeated, which no matter how, how you think about how they're playing or whatever this season, that's a tremendous feat with everything that they've gone through, considering only one of those eight games has actually been a proper home game. So, I mean, that is tremendous in itself. We're going to get into Saturday's game. We're going to get into the wonder that is Ryan Gold. We're going to talk Canadian Championship. We're going to talk CONCACAF League. We're going to round up the MLS action. And here's some audio from Mark DeSantis, Ryan Gold, Ryan Raposo, Tommy Wielden Jr. and Bobby Smyrniotis. So a packed, packed show, as you would no doubt expect from us now. And of course, the other thing that you can no doubt expect from us just now is how we start off our weekend shows. We're opening up the gift that keeps on giving, Steve Pander's box of 2011 Upper Deck MLS Trading Cards. We'll rattle through it because we do have a busy show. Let's just get to it. Now, I have 13 or 14 doubles so far. Zach has nil. And looking at the first card that I've got out, I, I might also have this, or you got it, Zach. I can't remember. Chicago-fired midfielder, Corbin Bone. I think we both. I, think oh. we both have. I have uh, these first couple I know I don't have, but uh, I have defender uh, with the uh, Longhorns of Dallas, Heath Pierce. Oh. I think I got this guy last week. <laughs> oh, you got him. Shiva's defender, Anti Jazik. Oh, I have him from a long time ago. Oh, maybe He's I've got Canadian. Uncle Jazik. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. uh, also from the Longhorns of Dallas, uh, another defender, Jer Benitez. Well, it's defender central because 
He's not with them anymore. Colorado Rapids, Drew Moore. Oh, I have him, and he's in my not on my starting lineup anymore, but he's on my bench. He's still um, a CFC, isn't he? No, no. He went back to Colorado. Oh, and he then did he, go back to Colorado. He, he, he might still be there on the bench, but yeah. I can't remember if he retired. My next one is actually a player who I might have to consider putting into my team, even though I can't stand him. Can't stand his club. I obviously am against his national team. It's Dead Bulls, Rafa Marquez. Oh, well, interesting, because I've got a Dead Bulls guy that if my forward line wasn't stacked, I would probably put him in. Terry? There's only one. I got Delo. Oh, I got him. Man, I, got him. I got Delo. I think he's on my 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 eighteen or my thirty man roster. Um, from the University of Akron, uh, a MLS Super Draft card for the Houston Dynamo. Uh, he might still be in the league. Kofi Zarkoti. Oh, well, I've got a lady next that you got last week. Garai from Down Under. It's Abby Wombat. <laughs> I have midfield forward, uh, also from the men's national team. Here he's playing for this, the Earthquakes of San Jose. It's Bobby Convey. I'm going to let you show your last card first because I've saved the best to the last and I want it to be right to the last. Kirk told me this pack is, uh, he called it the red pack. Uh, and this is uh, a guy I do not remember, to be honest. Oh. His name is, he's a forward. His name is Salou Ibrahim from Dead Bull. Wow, lots of Deadpool guys tonight. Well, the last card. This might make you see red. He's a forward from Seattle Sounders. It's only Freddie Evan Montero. I have that card, unfortunately. But Michael, zero, still zero doubles. <laughs> oh, disappointing. I hope all your last few packs are doubles. That's just that I don't have that I can swap. Because oh, yeah. I don't want to be hanging around the, the schoolyards again going, <laughs> anyone got any 2011 upper deck cards that you want to swap? <laughs> Not sure the police will buy that excuse. But like, oh, honestly, I, I got given a box at Christmas. <laughs> Michael, come uh, on. I'll swap you five Drew Moors for a, a Ryan Gold. <laughs> Uh, right, let's get away from the cards and in to modern day. We're going to fast forward 10 years because it's felt like 10 years since the Whitecaps have been at BC Place. I am proudly wearing my homecoming Whitecaps t-shirt that they gave us last night. Take me home, it says. And it was a happy homecoming. It was absolutely amazing. I'm the only one of the three of us that that was was at the game but it was it was weird being back the, there's a few things I'll talk about with that but the atmosphere was great the performance was great it was another come from behind victory from watching at home Zach how did you feel the whole occasion was yeah I don't think it could have gone better for Vancouver um, it's like, yeah, dream script. Like it, it played out how they would have, would have wanted in terms of winning. Um, but well, you would certainly have gone away from that game, wanting a ticket to the next game if you didn't yeah, already totally. have one. Yeah. And actually it was more than just winning. It was, the game was like intriguing. It also had like enraging moments, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think it was 
and it, yeah, like aside from you, I've talked to a few people there, and uh, they they really had a good time, and yeah, I, I very 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 positive for for them. I was a little like, were you surprised? I know you tweeted out the number, eleven thousand four hundred, whatever. Yeah, eleven one four four. So people before the game, people I heard from a couple people, a couple different people said the same thing that BC Place hosts or whatever were, or people at BC Place on staff were telling them that they were like expecting like 9,000 or whatever. I mean, I, folk had tweeted out the Ticketmaster thing showing available seats, and there was a lot of uh, available seats on the night. Um, I, I'm surprised in some ways that they got that, but I think probably closer to the game, folk maybe saw how the Lions game went in some regards. Obviously, the exiting was not fantastic at the, the Lions game. Everyone cramming into narrow corridors, yeah. but they addressed that. Every single exit door was open, yeah. door was open oh, on Saturday. You could get out, no problem. I just left, walked out. It, it was fine. In, I mean, the in, vid- some, in some ways, it feels weird that it wasn't a sellout, though. No? Like, do you... I didn't think it would be, just because oh, okay. there's okay. still a lot of hesitancy yeah, okay. about That's being in enough. big crowds. I, I did, like, get into the stadium. I was a little nervous, but it's like I'm double-vaxxed. At some point, everyone has to get back to, to doing normal things, and for us, that's going to football matches. Personally, for me, it was quite a big step to to be in a crowd of that, I don't know if I would have felt comfortable if I wasn't in the press box being there. Um, I, I, I'll say now, I, there was, like, walking into the press box, very disappointed. Like, masks were recommended, but not mandatory. But very, very few of the journalists had masks on. Myself, JG Adams, Hard, Alex had our masks on. All the Whitecap staffs had their masks on. A number of the other journalists didn't. So that was a bit disappointing. I would like the white caps to mandate because they can do that like shops do that that is a requirement yeah. but yeah navid how did it come across watching it on tv down there oh i can only echo zach i thought it it was entertaining i really enjoyed the atmosphere just watching from tv like it was actually quite entertaining really i have to say um did you have I the thought... american broadcast yes did... and they're yeah. brilliant they're brilliant who are, the com- really, who are the commentators for you? I don't know their names, but... Is this I, I their YouTube know. broadcast? The LAFC YouTube broadcast, or... No, it was... ESPN3, the, right? the, Yeah, ESPN, the usuals. Yeah, yeah the yeah. usual, yeah. Um, no, it was... I mean, I thought it was funny. Like, you could tell, though, like, in the first 10 minutes, the guys haven't been playing on turf. So many giveaways yeah. all over. It was up I, and They down were slipping all over, the, all over as well. All over the place. So I thought it was, like, the first 10... Like, the whole game was super entertaining, but I thought the first 10 minutes was so funny to watch. The ball was, they were all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it, it made me, like, I was watching it and I had that same thought. I was like, we've talked about this. I I asked Mark a little bit uh, about it before the game as well. You're saying it's a home game and we've talked about it. It wasn't in a many, many ways because these guys hadn't played there before. They hadn't played in the turf, but the crowd certainly lifted them. And I mean, like, let's get into the game it's an unchanged starting lineup which i found out from training on friday because that's how they were doing the drills i was surprised when i saw that on friday because i thought oh i really thought they might have gone with ryan starting but it made a lot of sense in the end but when you did see that lineup were you surprised 
No, I wasn't surprised because, well, for a few reasons. One, Mark often likes to, correct me if I'm wrong, ride a winning team, right? Like, yeah, he does. Keep, keep an unchanged team. So, That's how he worked with the Deltas for yeah. their season. So there's that, for one thing. Two, like we talked about in last week's show, uh, it doesn't seem that uh, Ryan Gold is yet ready for 90 minutes. or no, at least and he'll 90, tell you that himself. Yeah, or at least 90 quality minutes. And and I think, on top of that, you've they've seen what he can do to help them rally and come from behind. And so, I mean, it was it was it, it was really interesting watching some of the social media comments about it. Oh, I decided about, I did not read oh. that because I knew exactly. I'd read yeah. stuff in the build up to it, and I was like, no. Like there was like I know people are crazy, and I know they say crazy things online. Mm-hmm. But it was like the, if Gold's not starting, I'm I'm not coming to the game or right, something I'm, like sell, I'm selling my tickets and stuff. And I was yeah. like, really? I was I, like, okay. I'd seen stuff in the build-up. Folk were saying, oh, this manager is clueless. Why would you not play your designated player? It's like he's told you himself Why? he is yeah. not good to go yeah. ninety minutes. And think so, about a turf uh, too. I yeah, mean, you're not gonna put him right in. Well, play me. That's one thing, Mike. You you said right the they. So Gall, Gall and these other new players to BC Place, that was their first time ever on BC Place turf, yeah. right? So for, no, anyone no that, for anyone that doesn't know, they had to train all week up at UBC. They couldn't even get in on Friday to train on the turf there because they were doing the cleanup from the Lions game. So these guys had never set foot on the turf until Saturday. Some of them had never even been inside the stadium. Mm. Hashtag home field advantage. Yeah. Right. But they've made it their home field advantage now. They've got yeah. that game under their belt. There's no excuses. If they don't win every single game now at BC Place, no excuses. Fortress BC Place. It's always uh, dangerous when you build something up as a fortress. East Fife have been doing that and then lost a home game yesterday. So now the sky is falling in well. that regard. But the, the first half, I don't know if it was nerves or if this was the LAFC game plan. But they came out all guns blazing and took the game to the Whitecaps in those opening minutes, which I think was the sensible thing to do because obviously the occasion could really get to them and give them a little bit of time to find their feet. So LA were like, let's try and strike while the iron's hot, get ahead. And the first five, ten minutes, I'm like, whoa, this is LAFC's not looked like this for the, the last few weeks. But then the Whitecaps had a big spell of 10 minutes maybe, where they took the game to LAFC. But the last 20, 25 minutes of the half, LAFC came back and it was basically all LAFC. And I mean, Mark said it himself. Let's just be honest here. It was a terrible second half or first half performance. They they offered nothing. There was no spark. I'm thinking, why is Brian White out there? He's doing nothing. They're not getting the ball to him. Deber Caicedo was the only spark for the Whitecaps. He was busy. He was getting himself about. He was looking really good. So I I like that. Defensively, we were a little bit all over. We rode our luck. There was certainly a, a couple of chances that could have been put away. We rode our luck, I think, with Vela getting injured and having to go off 60 minutes in the game. That really was a big blow for LAFC. Rodriguez, Arango had a couple of opportunities that they blasted over. Up until the goal, I felt, oh, 
if we can get them to half time again, it'll be different in the second half. But what did you make? We'll just do the first half up to the goal at this point. What what did you make of it, Zach, from from how that first half was playing out? Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think Vancouver was really fortunate, you know, to almost be going into the half, you know, in a goalless draw, in a nil-nil match. And um, I think the one thing I don't think you maybe mentioned in in that rationale for for them still being in the game, I think, was Max Cropo. Even in that first oh, half, yes. it made made some incredible saves, which Unbelievable. even even your reaction there, Michael, is like I think people are so used to him being being quality so coming good, up yeah. big. Well, Mark that, said that after the game, right? He, yes, or was it in the build up to the game? I can't remember. I think it was he, after. It was after the last game. I forget. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, someone had yeah. asked him about that, and it's like that's what we expect from him. Yeah. So I, I mean, he was, he was, he was huge. But you, yeah. Um, did you guys think like I? It felt like like Jake was being attacked at left back quite a bit. Um, yeah, they swapped a little bit at one point in the first half. I think right. just from a corner point yeah. and then swap back. But I think Navid they were probably targeting Jake because they probably know he's a right back playing exactly. left back. They will know. Yeah, not probably. Yeah. They will know. They know, they know yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that is what you're obviously going to attack. And he did well again on the whole. Yeah. And like Javain Brown. Like, if, if I'm picking my my players that really stood out for me, Max Cripo, first half performance, some second half saves as well. Javain Brown, I thought, was excellent. Defensively, but the passes the for, for the goals that we got, excellent as well. Diber Caicedo in the first half, little live wire. He was looking really good out there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Ryan Gold. I mean, let, let's get to the 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 big controversial moment, Navid. So, if you said to me, LFC is going to go in with a one-goal lead at half-time, from the way that first half played out, I'd have been like... Yeah, they, uh, they deserve it. I think the balance of play, they, they deserve it. But to go in with that one goal lead, the way that they got it, a penalty from Rossi. Now, before we get into this, let's just get a mm. quick yes-no from everyone round here. So, Naveed, for you, was that a penalty? No. Zach? Uh, no. And for me, No. When I saw it in the stadium, when I first saw it, I didn't think it was. When I initially saw the replay on the screen, I thought, oh, yeah, I think that is a penalty. Then I got home and I watched it, Naveed. Mm-hmm. He stands on Javain Brown's foot, which is then limiting his movement. Yeah. So Brown's left leg comes up and does catch him. I mean, it, there's no doubt it catches him. But the initial foul is clearly him stepping on Brown. Exactly. Now, the referees didn't even see a foul in it and wave play on, but then he's called over by the fourth official. He somehow reviews that and says, yep, yeah, that's a penalty. And that's what I don't get. He's a young referee. I don't know if he felt I've been called over. I kind of have to give this because obviously this experienced fourth official thinks it's a penalty and gives a penalty. I, I mean, what, what do you make of it? Well, I mean... I don't think there's much you can say other than it was just a complete mistake, like horrible mistake. I mean, I mean, you said it, the guy stepping on Brown's foot and then afterwards, I mean, just horrible. I didn't even know who this ref was. So, I mean, you're saying no, he's I a didn't young either. ref. And he, so he, I, didn't, he didn't have a bad game. No, he didn't have a bad that, ref. But, but... I mean, 
I mean, he, when, you're, when you're called over, we've said this in the show before, it's a lot of balls for a referee to then override the fourth official telling you, you need to look at this, this is a penalty. Yeah, I mean, he should have some sort of soccer sense. I mean, you look at it, I don't even understand. I mean, it was mind-blowing to me, honest. My, the only thought I have, guys, is yeah. that, and I wish Steve was here because I know he's looked a lot into the VAR, how VAR is supposed to work, and we've talked about this in the past, but the only thing that they that, that makes sense to me is one of two things. One, they feel that, um, who was, was it? Uh, the, uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez's contact with with uh, Brown was not a was not a foul. Or two, somehow the way the mechanism works for it, he's only allowed to look at what he's asked to look at, and he was only asked to look at Rodriguez's contact on Brown. Maybe like th- that's the only like the only thing that maybe makes sense. And obviously to say that. Rodriguez didn't foul Brown doesn't make logical sense to any, anyone. No, yeah. I've, I've seen but. some other VAR reviews this weekend that have been sent to VAR to review and some that weren't that were like more clear and obvious th- than this. Yeah, because I mean, to me, it is clear and obvious that Rodriguez does make uh, Brown does make contact with Rodriguez, but that's does not negate the fact that he initially fouled Brown, which should negate the fo- the following contact yeah. afterwards. So and this I, isn't us wearing our white caps colored no, specs because no. against Minnesota, we clearly said that was the wrong decision. That was not a penalty yeah, yeah. for the white caps. Yeah. I, I, I want to see... Fuming. If, see if that had cost even... Oh, yeah. Uh, if it ended up a draw and that's what cost you. Yeah. With how tight the West is, which we're going to come to in the next part, that's the difference between a teammate in the playoffs and not and a manager keeping his job and not. Oh, totally. I, it'll it'll be interesting to see if MLS does does something or they comment on it or it's in their review thing or whatever because... Well, Pro it, always review all their stuff over the week. It's on, is it like on the Monday or the Tuesday or something? It's yeah. On the, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this gets mentioned in that because it, it seems crazy. To be honest, though, I mean, even though the way it all ended the first half, I still would have taken that one, though. Because it could have been easily two or three, yeah. to be honest. Oh, yeah. Very, very. Like, been, on on if, the balance of play, they could have, you're right. They could have been oh, yeah. down two or three now. So LAFC is a team short in confidence just now. Yeah. And like losing their, their star man, Vela, and then. Oh. It's like they're missing like a leader in the middle of the park to like to hold them all together. Yeah, and bring them if, forward. I mean, maybe they should trade Gam. There's a guy, young guy in Colorado that I scored actually over the weekend. Man of the match. Man yeah. of the match of the weekend, I think. Yeah. So, we're well, talking of men of the match or man of the match. The Whitecaps one came on at halftime. Double substitution. I thought it was possibly going to be a triple substitution. Because you guys may not have seen this on the TV. I don't know what they showed. So, the subs were all warming up. But three of them were really getting put through their, their paces by the training staff. And that was Gold, Baldissimo and Jungworth. Mm. So, I thought, oh, we might be getting a triple sub here. Because there was a shot towards the end of the first half of Andy Rose. He looked gassed. He was like sweating and really out of breath. And Har and me were saying, he's not looking good. I think you might have to get him out of there. But obviously well, it, he recovered yeah. well. So I, I wonder if they were looking at that. And that's why Youngworth was was warming up as well. But Let me tell you this though. They were tar- targeting going behind the backs of Rose and Vasilovich. 
like there was like a few instances and they looked a bit shaky mm. i mean the ball over the top like the, kind of, yeah there was a there couple was of like, occasions oh, that yeah. they got the, the better of them and yeah. again bad finishing it, i mean they really really should have done better there was like some from such good positions. I know they hit the post in the second half, but there was a chance yeah. I was headed over. And even Brian White's, I mean, he was on a breakaway. I don't know in the, in the first half that part. I yeah. don't know what happened. Hey, hey, there. go, go easy. He got <laughs> he got trapped in some uh, quicksand there. BC place. Go easy on him. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I think was that JJ who said that or someone tweeted it that. Way. Oh, I missed that. Um, I, I think it was pretty obvious no matter what Ryan was going yeah. to come on on at half time and let, let's get to the equaliser mm-hmm. it's on the iron mark we're talking about White there and I thought he'd had a, a a poor game again I would have brought Ricketts on possibly at half time I said that last week and then White scored I was saying it this week and then White scored I'm just going to keep saying it and then White's going to keep scoring in the second half this is what he does though it's like he is a player that can be invisible for games and then gets this one chance and buries it. He's a poacher, he's a goal scorer. And yeah, it isn't ideal because there's going to be sometimes that we're playing teams and they are more than one goal up at half time because they've taken their chances. If he keeps putting the ball in the back of the net, hey, I can I can live with it. But I will also say last week and this week, Brian White is a different player. With Ryan Gold in the pitch. Yeah. And the whole front four were electric last week and this week when Gold was on the pitch. So maybe I mean, we will see a, the best of Brian White when, when Ryan Gold is starting. That could make sense from a player's perspective. I mean, if you see someone coming in on the on the pitch like Ryan Gold, it just lifts the whole team. Everyone gets more confident. It's just automatically. It makes sense. You can't talk about the first goal, though, Michael, without talking about how the Whitecaps won the ball back. And it was a, gr- a really good tackle from Matthew Bald or from I was from Baldissimo. Michael Baldissimo. We hadn't transferred in from Pacific <laughs> I, FC. Sorry. I always get the I have to think as well, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but Baldissimo's tackle to win the ball back led to that goal, which was like, like, as good as an assist, like yeah. it was, it was huge. It was huge. Both, both and the his goals addition, were a and his addition. To watch. Oh, totally. His addition at half. I, I, obviously, it's overshadowed by the goal scoring, uh, you know, feats of gold, a gold. But still, uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't. I, I wonder what it's going to take for him to get back into that starting eleven because he yeah. is, is a real. He well, maybe in a that smaller way. It, in a different way, he he is like a, a game changer for them. In a and in, yeah, in the game against LAFC a couple of weeks ago, I think wasn't it Baldy, Bikel, and who else? And was it Rusty? And might they played been, well. Might have been uh, Kyle. Ky- oh, oh, just to mention, we're not going to be seeing Kyle for a while. He was on crutches at training on Friday. Yeah, he so, was at the stadium oh. on, on crutches. So he's he's out for weeks and weeks. They're still trying to sort that out. But I mean, the, both of the Whitecaps goals, they were good team goals. That first one, as Zach said, Baldy wins the ball. Great through ball then from Brown to Dahomey, who played the ball into the perfect position. White sweeps it home, as it turns out. At the time, everyone in the stadium, I think, thought that it was Ryan Gold's goal. Because... For- Crashed off the bar. I thought it hit the goal yeah. line and come back out. Mm-hmm. This the, is the, the problem with MLS because they don't have those watches. Oh, yeah. I see. 
Mm-hmm. The first the first replay I knew it was White's goal. Yeah. Like I could see you could tell like I don't know, Vid, you could tell by the yeah, speed yeah. of the ball. It was clear you like, could see. Yeah, I feel like, oh, that was folk. already in. I didn't not, live, going, live. It was I obvious, and it's like no, it wasn't. Yeah. Live, I didn't. Live, I didn't fully notice. But the, as soon as I saw the first replay, I was like, "Oh, that's White's goal." Yeah, the, it was funny after the game because Gold was like, "Oh, your first goal," and it's like, "Yeah, I thought I had two. Then I came in the changing room, and Brian White showed me his phone, going, "No, look." <laughs> <laughs> I get the goal bonus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, he gets enough. He doesn't need the ball. <laughs> let, let's just, well, let, let, first of all, let's talk about White did, took it well, swept it home. Great finish from him. That's what you want him to do. That is what he does. If that hadn't crossed the line and then Gold had got the goal, the hustle from Gold was tremendous. Oh, to see been. that loose ball and be like, I'm going for that. But let's also talk about three LAFC defenders standing watching a loose bouncing ball. Now, maybe they saw it cross the line, but you ha- in case the referee hasn't given it or whatever, you've got to react quicker than that. That was just the lack of anticipation from them. But they were all, see, they were all sort of covering men or space before that. And so... It kind of uh, fell in the middle of them, yeah, yeah. But you'd think one of them would at least move towards it. Well, the problem is, uh, I forget, um, the big guy in the middle, 94 in the middle, he goes Morito. down. I yeah, know. he goes down on the play. In an ideal world, if you know if that hadn't gone in from White, if he doesn't fall down, he clears that easily. Um, but, you're, but you're right. I mean, what Ryan Gold is showing so far is like his football IQ and his – like like uh, the great Thomas Muller is he's known as uh, the interpreter of space in 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 Germany and Ryan Gold is showing that he is much better at interpreting space than his opponents to this point in MLS yeah. and especially how he's choosing to use it exploit it run into it um, yeah I mean on both both his both the goals the way he finds space and oh, yeah. and, and know and knows where to be is like. Something that Vancouver hasn't seen in since maybe Kenny Miller. No, but, the intensity was flying into. Oh the, yeah, it was impressive. Right? But I mean, he flew into the net. Yeah, as well. Well, he, he was exactly. like tangled up in the net, which gave me flashbacks to the Euros of David Marshall. You see a Scottish guy tangled up in the net. Oh, yeah, didn't want yeah. those flashbacks. I I was a little worried too because I had um I I had been messaged before the game. I told a uh, friend of the show and sometimes participant Will Silver he was watching the game with. Uh, uh, our friend from Twitter, our dumb world, Greg, Greg, ah. Greg Petrie. And I said, I told Will, I said, make sure you hold Greg back from streaking across the field when gold scorers tonight. And I, I don't know how it turned out, but. I didn't see any streakers. I was surprised, actually. I was half expecting it. I thought SBC mm-hmm. Place is bound to be a streaker. Now, the white caps on level terms, it was nearly short lived because Rodriguez hit one off the post that he really should have buried. Mm. But oh. I mean, Max, a save. It was. It was a good save, but he palmed it into a dangerous position, which is something that he does every now and again. But it was a good stop to begin with. But Rodriguez really should have buried that. And that was really, though, the last big, big bit of danger the the Whitecaps faced. There was a couple of close calls, free kick that just went mm-hmm. narrowly over and stuff like that. I was still confident the Whitecaps were going to get the win here. And it took right until the 89th minute for them to get it. Ryan Gold, as we all know, got that win and goal. But there was so much to like in this goal. So, Janu Bikel, 
that crossfield ball that he delivers yeah. initially to, to set up Javain Brown. And then Brown, little pass to Raposo. Raposo has the the knowledge, the IQ to stop, turn to make space for himself, and then a pinpoint delivery right onto the head of Gold, who, I mean, I, it's maybe been a while, obviously, since we've had a number 10 here. I don't expect a midfielder to be there. I'm thinking, where's to St. Ricketts? Why is mm-hmm. he not in the middle? But Gold is the guy that was there, took the header so well, and just gave the keeper no chance. But as an all-round team goal, I think that's possibly now moved into my goal of the season so far for the Whitecaps. 100%. For sure, yeah, hundred percent quality goal all all overall. I mean, overall, it was perfectly played. And yeah, I was actually going to ask ask you guys: Is he known for scoring headers? I mean, that just looked so good. To me, and... no. <laughs> yeah, I mean... but. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of him in Portugal. He got a lot of penalties in Portugal. Um, mm. But when I've watched him before, he wasn't really known for his aerial ability, but that was beautifully mm. taken. But, and that's that's another thing that I think is endearing, uh, endearing about him and encouraging for Whitecaps fans is that he is far more complete of a player than than they've had in, 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 in attacking roles in the past. Because, yeah, he's not just a setup person. He's not just a like a, a pure scorer. He's not just someone who will only shoot from distance or who will only be there for a tap-in. Yeah, now he's shown that he can get onto the end of a, of a of a good cross in the box and head home. Now, obviously, he was wide open and unmarked and stuff, but it was still a quality header. And, again, it was because of how he read the space and, and ran yeah. into it. Yeah, and again, I was going to say the LA defending. It's like if you wonder why this made it, uh, what is it four straight defeats for LAFC and they're winless mm. in six now. That defense against the Whitecaps in that second half shows you exactly why they are in an absolute mess just now. Yeah, because we'll get you know you you going back to you said something about you were wondering where Toss was. Uh, if you watch it again, what actually happens is Toss makes a near post run which mm. opens the middle and Gold ah. sees that. He reads it and he he follows into the space. That's that's what happened. That makes Raposo picking him out all the better as well. Oh, yeah, and Raposo, great, great cross. I, I know it was funny because when he came on, I think they flashed a thing on the screen that said something like, one assist in 16 appearances this year or something like that. <laughs> and then he's the one, like his second assist is, he, you know. He's done well of late. I'm liking what he brings off the bench. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's still a big concern of me what we have on the bench just now. But, I mean, if we can... Like, Toss is good for a few goals a season. He's shown that in this league. So, I mean, him, Raposo coming off the bench, it gives you a little bit of hope. I'd still like us to try and get some kind of business done to get another forward in. I just feel we we, we need it. I mean, what, we're two weeks into Cav is possible six weeks, so maybe... There's a little international break in there as well. But, I mean, overall, I think on the second half showing, the Whitecaps deserved to win. If it was overall, a draw, I'd have taken that as well. Yeah. But... I actually, right after the game, I mean, I didn't even want to listen to MDS. I just wanted to go straight into look uh, listen to Bob Braddock's interview because he was probably fuming. Oh, yes. I've <laughs> I got just a wanted... little bit of that coming up just oh, now. Okay. Oh, oh, Michael, I, I, I might disagree. I mean, I think the Whitecaps, like, it's not... Un, totally unjust that they won mm. but if you are bob bradley or you are oh, an lafc, LAFC yeah. supporter you'll look at that match and say how do we, we, do we threw that away 
Oh, we got gifted. Yeah. We got gifted a goal from the penalty spot. We we hit the post. We had all these chances. Their keeper made some huge saves. We so. wasted. Yeah. We wasted and shot wide a number of times, uh, and we gave up goals where our defending was was not was not just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, not, that doesn't take away from Vancouver. Um, but if you're LAFC, this this feels like a really bitter pill to swallow. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's hear a little bit now from both head coaches. So first of all, we're going to hear from Bob Bradley, the Dark Lord himself, enjoying the Wings and Wizards at BC Place yesterday, and Mark DeSantis. Uh, I don't have many words right now um, because it's been too many times that look the same. Uh, A lot of chances, and then some part of just as a group being stronger, being better in key moments, um, not not letting a team come back into the game if it's 1-1, uh, finding a way to get the next goal. So it's been so many of these days. And, uh, you know, I look, I, I, I feel like right now, as I'm looking out there trying to figure out what to do to help these guys, uh, I can't get one thing right. So if I, you know, I, I, I don't think we were doing well on the left side tonight. Um, and, and we felt that maybe we could uh, make the change with, with Raheem going in for Marco. Um, but both goals come down uh, our left side, you know, the right side for, for them. Uh, we still, uh, I mean, in the, we don't close down uh, the cross very well on the second goal. And then we've, we've had a, uh, a number of goals this year where Murray goes with the first runner and there's a little space between him and Moon and Moon doesn't do a good enough job of closing in quickly enough. So we've we've worked at that, but it, it shows up again tonight. So right now, um, yeah, I'm trying everything I, I can to f- help these guys get over the hump, but boy, it's uh, it just feels like it's the same story again. So I'm struggling with the words tonight. Hey there, Mark, and congratulations on a, a excellent victory and returning home. I'm sure it wasn't quite how you, you drew it up when you went to bed last night, but again, the, the fighting spirit of your team, this is just a team that doesn't know when to give up. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they Again, I've, I can't say it more, the spirit of the guys and everybody feeling important uh, that they play the role when they have to play it. Um, starting or coming off the bench, you know, there was a huge impact from uh, the substitutions tonight. In a game that wasn't perfect, you know, a game that was really hard for us, a game that when LA scored first, they deserved it. They played um, a lot of balls behind our back. We didn't deal well with the second balls in the game. They were able to jump into those second balls. They're a, a team that's very hungry for for a win, right? And um, maybe you know our trip kind of put us in a position that we were sluggish, not good enough. And uh, first half, very difficult. Second half, again, you know, the subs helped. It wasn't a, 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 a very, an excellent second half. There was good moments, but um, a little bit mother luck in some moments that that is necessary. And... You know, if I go back to some moments where we were very unlucky in some other games, so I guess it balances out. But 
the spirit. We had to win our fans back. You know, we have a lot of job to do to win the fan base back because we've been far from them. We we've struggled, so we the win is important just to get them back. And of course, it's a fairy tale story for for Ryan Gold to get that that goal. Uh, and uh, and now what I told the guys in the locker room is. Yeah, enjoy, but such a tricky game on Thursday against a very good team. So, trust me, we we are gonna we are gonna be ready for it. I know it's maybe hard right after the game to to talk about this, but what what were your emotions like when you walked out, and then also at, at the final whistle, having been away for so long? Oh, it was just you know stepping on the field today on the field today. And the fans were, were, it was amazing, the environment. I I, um, I didn't think it was like, it would be like that. I think, I thought the fans would be more spread out. Like in my mind, I, I, I was, I thought I would arrive to something different. Um, but then the, the, my emotions were more at the end of the game, you know, f- giving the fans what, what they wanted, you know, first game back for so many days and a win against, let's highlight this, a very good LAFC team, a lot of quality players, a dangerous team. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's it's unique, you know, it's, uh, I'm emotional with it because the the fans, you know, they we need to win them back and this is what we want to do and the end of the game, what a connection between players, staff, and, and, and fans. Incredible and great choice of song. Excellent choice of song. Second game in a row, uh, Ryan Gold comes off the bench at halftime. Uh, it seems like a pretty good strategy for you guys. Uh, will we see him start maybe sometime? In- uh, we didn't sign him to be a super sub, right? Uh, it would be a very luxury. Very lu- Imagine the starting 11 if he's on the bench, right? So... You know, he, we're, we're, we're following the process with him. We, I know everybody and a lot of people want him on the field quickly, quick, quickly. But um, the reality is that there's a process with him. He's in, a, he's in the middle of a preseason, I would call it. It's like uh, the, the, the train is going and he has to hop on the train while it's going. It's not easy. There's a lot of recovery days. They were traveled, so he never had the opportunity to have to have you know this this run of training. And I think what's going to be good for him it's the international break where we're going to have a little bit more of time to do that. But Ryan is um, came in very well. But how about the ball of Ryan Raposo to his, for his goal? You know, so you need everybody. You need everybody to be ready and coming off the bench and answer. And this is what happened tonight. Uh, you, you talked about the, the song Stand By Me. I, I, it's got a, a special place in your guys' hearts right now. Uh, a few weeks ago, you guys were in last place. And uh, it's taken uh, tying a team record unbeaten run to get where you are. Uh, what's the mentality in that group? What's the feeling? It seems like you guys have really circled the wagons and come together uh, as a team. But we we were together after the five losses in a row, so uh, the team is becoming a family. You know, being on the road was a positive thing for that. 
if I take something very positive on being on the road is how we came together as a group. Important to highlight the type of, of guys that we have in incredible characters, very little ego in the, the locker room. And that's so important if you want to succeed. We know that, and we talk about it every day, the only way you become a team is you don't have ego and you fight for each other. But it, we weren't the worst team when we had the five losses in a row because some losses were in injury time in the end and we're not the best team now. We have a lot of work to do and we're very aware of that. It's important to stay humble, to really say, think about Thursday, that it's a huge game for the club, for us, and we want to do well. So our focus has to shift for that. I'll try to, to relax tonight and uh, have a few caipirinhas, and then um, Monday we're, we're back at it. He's a gaffer. You can try it up with him. He's a So the gaffers there, just giving their thoughts on the game. And Mark, of course, speaking there about the, the song Stand By Me that has become the, the anthem for the Whitecaps. And beautiful at the end of the the game yesterday, the players all in a row singing to the, the south side, Stand By Me, the fans singing back. I, I like that they've taken this anthem. I know it's a song that you've thought of, Zach, before it would be a good song. And yeah, it's it's nice yeah. to hear. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I was a little sad when I saw this all developing because, as you know, in preparing for the Canadian Premier League to come to the Lower Mainland, there's lots of stuff been planning and preparing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the things was, yeah, I thought what well, would be a good song. And Stand By Me is an amazing song. And uh, one, I, one I was really hoping to use down the road for a CPL team. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, like I like the history of it. If you read about you know, who wrote it and why they wrote it and the roots of it. I, I really connect with it and appreciate it. Um, and, and I mean, it's not, it's not unique in football. It is used by, yeah. I want to say Melbourne victory. It's like their, their song yeah. for their pre or post match or whatever. But um, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to see them d- develop something like this. This is something that the front office has been, you know, has played a significant role in um, trying to trying. I know Toss has also played. Yeah, a, Toss played a role is the one that suggested it. But they've been they've been trying to come up with something for post match for a while. Like the front office has been wanting to do something, and so uh, th- yeah, they have it, and it's something meaningful, and it it fits the the stand by me. I think just fits. It's like a you'll never walk alone in terms of it fits for football anytime, but it fits the moment really well for this whole. Hey, we've been in this horrible situation where we haven't been able to play, and you've stood with us in it, and we're we're thankful for that. So I think it's great. I think it's a tradition that will not die quickly. Uh, for, for, for Vancouver Whitecaps, and I'm I'm really happy for the supporters uh, to have this kind of tradition. It's it's a it's a really quality one. I've been pushing Slipknot's "Wait and Bleed" as a walk-on tune, but that hasn't quite caught on. I'm not familiar with that one as as much as I am Stand by Me. I've done that on karaoke, uh, in Fife, Washington. Oh, we we were there, going down it... to a game. We stayed at the Motel Six and Fife, and there was a bar that had karaoke and they had all these songs on it. They weren't there the next time we went. They'd all been removed from the the playlist. I'm not <laughs> kidding. All the discs I... that had those songs on it that we sang that night 
we're all not there the next time we went. Oh down. my god! Well, uh, why haven't I seen this video on your YouTube channel? But it was oh, who had put it up? I want to see Ricky Pack. Oh yeah. Um, and then he took oh. it. He took it down. So I don't know if the video still exists. I could not get the tune. So I've done my version of Slipknot's Wait and Bleed. It's probably just as well the video is lost. I'm going to talk to Ricky. Maybe my worst karaoke performance. I did try. I did go through a phase where I was trying to sing songs like Lou Reed, no matter what the song was, and I did Pulp's Common People, and I kind of I wanna live like common people. And my friends liked it, but the rest of the bar didn't. Were, were, were you there at the time? I think it was his first match. Um, this is at Swangard. Andrew Bates, Team Bates. He came first time he came to a game. I don't know if he was in, just moved to town or in town. And for some reason, after the game, a bunch of us went to this pub and there was karaoke. And it was like it was a pub in Burnaby, I think, by Metro Town or something. And I just I don't remember what he sang. I just remember him like giving his all. Like he just really enjoyed the karaoke, and I wish, I wish I had videos of that still. I I know we've gone completely off. I we need to have an AFT in karaoke night. I love oh, karaoke. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, well, <laughs> when we come down to California next, let's do an AFT in Cal- California karaoke night. But a song that I love to do that isn't on the jukebox is Kate Bush's Babushka. So you won't really get that over here. It's sung by a woman, but I I do it in a nice Scottish accent because it's like. Um, babushka so you can really put Scottish in it but my favourite karaoke performance that I've done I sang at a work uh, function they had a karaoke and I sang Nirvana's You Know You're Right which was uh, one of their later songs so basically a minute and a half to two minutes of that it's just Kurt Cobain going you know you're right you know you're right, you know you're... So I was do. I was hit that bit. My boss had gone past to go to the toilet, came back. I was still singing the same lines and he's just like shaking his head. Was this the, ba- the bank? Yeah, no, it was the union of the bank because I worked for the bank's union for a while before oh, right. I moved over here. Was, um, Ka- was, was Karen there? Or was, Karen? Her, was the name of the lady? You had to fire? Oh, no. She, no, we'd fired her by then. That was Anne. <laughs> Let's get back to to the Dark Lord now, after that. Bob Bradley. So some of the comments that he said there. He said, I mean, this... We were talking about this when I did my East Fife recording this morning for our podcast. The, the East Fife manager sounds like he just doesn't know where to turn now. Bob Bradley was giving yeah. those things out. He's like, he said he feels that they can't do, or he can't do, one thing right just now. He said he was struggling for words. Twice he mm-hmm. said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it's the same story. Uh, he's trying to get the guys getting over the hump, but he doesn't know how to do it. Now, Naveed, that is a, that's a manager that feels like he's not instilling a lot of confidence that he knows how to do this. you think he'd have good experience with how it was at Swansea in the Premier League and the struggles there, but... That was surprising to me, seriously, when I heard that. I, yeah. I, I was expecting you would be fuming over the turf again, or I don't know, just go nuts. About... But it was just so downbeat, and like, exactly. I, just, I don't know what yeah. to I wasn't to expecting do. that one. I mean, like I said, that was the first thing I tried to tune into. I just wanted mm-hmm. to see his reaction. 
But Michael, do you uh, do you think he's resigned to his fate? Like you, I know you've talked a lot about you think. If they I, I just playoff, can't see done. how they keep him if he doesn't make the playoffs th- this season at all. But yeah, maybe he, maybe he is. I, now you'll you'll appreciate this. There was a couple of questions in the nine minute post game about Vela and whether he would be available for the All Star game on Wednesday. And I'm sure Bob Bradley was basically wanting to go. I don't give a shit about exactly. the All Star game. <laughs> exactly. We've just we're on a losing run. And we've just lost our key guy, and you're asking me, is he going to be good to go for this stupid game that the we've stupid got? Stupid game, exactly. Yeah. Someone from Vancouver asked him that? No, no, no. It's like the I was just down there. Okay. Such an American question to yes. ask. Oh, yeah. You think they'd know? There's maybe a big game a re- coming up midweek. <laughs> maybe they're not a regular. Oh, I mean, he, he, he took it well. I wouldn't have. But anyway, let's move to MDS. So. I asked him off the bat about the fight of this team, the mentality of this team. And Mark says, there's, there's very few egos on this team. And I mean, that's great. They are, they're fighting as a group. And I genuinely cannot speak highly enough about how this group, Navid goes a goal down and their heads do not go down. They've got the belief that no matter what, they're going to get back into this game. It's a never give up attitude. And that's... We didn't see that yeah, last season. 100%. And that's kudos to the staff. I mean, what they install into the guys to always believe and keep going. I mean, credit to Mark, MDS, and the rest of the staff. And I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. That they... I mean, like, even at the beginning of this season, some mm-hmm. at some point, I thought... I mean, they were... He lost the changing at some point. That's what I thought. But um, it, it felt like that a little bit, but they yeah, come a little bit. But they come back, and it's pleasing to see. see really, I, I mean, uh, I don't know what he did, what he changed. I don't know. Could it be the? I mean, I don't know. Whatever he did, it. They're I looking think being away ch- from home though has helped 100%. because it's given them this chip in their shoulder that it is them against the world. And yeah, I mean that it's great to have that belief and. I mean, let, let's let's actually let's just hear a little bit of audio from the two Ryans. We're going to hear from Ryan Gold first, and then Ryan Raposo, just on their thoughts about this mentality and this fighting spirit that we have in the the team right now. You've been a part of a, a number of teams over the years, but the the fighting spirit of this team. They really seem to be a team that never knows when to give up. I know it's not ideal having to constantly come from behind, but is that the sense you've got in these early stages, that this is a team that's prepared to battle right to the very end, and even if they go or go down, the belief is there that you can turn this around? Yeah, I think it shows. Um, you know, In the last two games, we've went one down, um, but it just shows the spirit of the group that we've managed to turn both games around. Um, you know, It shows the quality not just the belief that um, we can turn it around, but that we've got the quality to, to change the game. Um, and, you know, everyone everyone in the changing room knows that on our day we're capable of giving anyone a game. So um, there's a great spirit in the group just now. And like I've said, we'll be looking to carry that on as, uh, as much as we can in the next games. This certainly feels like a team just now that just never gives up. You don't know when you're beaten and... I know it's not ideal having to constantly come back from it from going a goal behind, but the fight that this team shows has been magnificent this season. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, if you look at the last slate of our matches, we've we've conceded first in, in a lot of them. And again, we've we fought back and either drawn or, or gotten the, the win in a, in a lot of the matches. Um, so it just definitely shows the heart um, within the team and in, in the team spirit. You know, after that Salt Lake game, we came together as a group and, you know, we spoke to each other and opened up to each other about what needed to change and how we could turn this into a winning club. Clearly, it's, uh, it's, it's affected the team in a positive manner. So the two Ryans there, Gold and Raposo, talking about the, the fight and the team. And it's, it's great to see, Zach, but there is that danger that at some point a team is going to take their chances in the first half and it's going to be really hard to overcome that in the second. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, if you're scouting the Whitecaps right now, yeah, I think what you're saying is really true and really, really important. You, if, you, if you're coaching against them, you're going to tell your team, you need to game by how we play. Uh, or we keep them in the game by not taking our chances. They're they're gonna get us uh, at the at the end or by the end. Yeah, it's hopefully they can get something to fix this first half struggles that they've got. No one really can put their finger on what it is or why, but they they need to if they're gonna be promotion contenders. They've got to be playing ninety minutes of football. But Michael, how does that, I mean, the one key element here is how does that all change when Ryan Gold begins the start games, right? Like that. Yeah, that you have to feel it's will... going to be better and there's going to be more spark and he's making players better. And like I said, I am excited to see, can he unlock Brian White to be the guy? Like, he's much maligned, as I've said in the show before, and we've been critical a little bit of him. He was New York Red Bulls Offensive Player of the Year last year. You don't get that without being a good player. Anything from Dead Bull is offensive, Michael. (laughs) But Whitecaps finished the weekend in 10th, three points off the playoff places with a game in hand of the team that's filling the seventh and final spot, which is San Jose. Still some concerns about the slow starts and the game changes, but it's looking promising. And we're going to be back looking around at action in MLS this weekend after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for August. From Sacramento, California, just like Navidas just now, Destroy Boys. That was a standalone single from theirs from last year. Honey, I'm home. And I've been saving that one for this special weekend. Because, honey, we are home. We're staying home now. Even though our next game is an away game, it's still in BC. So, to me, it's like being at home. But we'll turn our attention to that next game in the next part. For this part, I want to look at the MLS action this past weekend. Now, the MLS West continues to be tighter than a gnat's chuff. And it feels like it's going to be that way till the very end of the season. So the action continued to be really tight this this weekend. And we'll get into the, the games, just uh, featuring the, the Western Conference. We, we won't touch on the Eastern in this show. And I'll, I'll rattle through some of these. And if you've seen any of the highlights, feel free to jump in with any of your thoughts on it. So the action started on Friday night with a Cali Classico. LA Galaxy hosting San Jose Earthquakes. Quakes came away with a 2-1 victory, which, a bit surprising, I've got to say. Not a great result for the Whitecaps in the grand scheme of things, but looks like, I touched on this last week, the Galaxy might be like their LA counterparts, and they could be free-falling if they don't solve some of the issues that they've, they've got here. They were awful in this game, and San Jose could have been out of sight at half-time. It's a good job that the Galaxy have got some points on the board early because I think they're going to need it. The, it could have been so much more for San Jose. It could have been a shellacking if it wasn't for the saves of Jonathan Bond. He came up big in this one for, for the Galaxy. It was now now at the half somehow. Ibo Bisi had missed a few chances but he eventually put them ahead in the 52nd minute. His first goal for the Quakes. Ellie tied it up through Victor Vasquez. Absolutely horrible defending. The ball trickled in from a corner. The defender missed getting a leg on it. JT Marsikowski let it kind of run through him. It was a horrible goal. But it didn't cost the Quakes in the end. They they got a deflected goal of their own. It was given to Hamelainen with an own goal with 19 minutes to go. It gave them the points. Quakes are playing well away from home. Not doing great at home. But that was a big win for them. Did either of you see the highlights of this one? I did actually, actually just watched the last 10, 15 minutes. Aren't the Quakes on a good streak too, though? Like they haven't lost. Yeah, they've the they've not been losing, but they've had a lot of draws like the, the Whitecaps in there. But okay. yeah, I saw just a bit of it, and um, um, I I think I still think Greg Vanny will be able to do enough to get LA mm-hmm. into one of the seven spots. Well, he should I, be. Like, yeah. He's got this experience as a, a playoff guy now. So. Yeah, I, I really think, and, he, and unlike Bob Bradley, he's at the beginning of, of, a, of a chapter there, right? So I think he also has a lot of, I think the pressure is less and it's different for him in, in LA than what it is for Bradley. And yeah, I, I so I don't think it's going to be a free fall for, for them. San Jose, I mean, they love their games with the Galaxy, and they love yeah. beating the Galaxy. Um, the ultras there, like they, they live for this. Like this is, you know, in, in the seasons where they've been horrible, the, they've had some massive wins over LA that have made their seasons like, like you know, acceptable, if you will. <laughs> and um, I, so, yeah, I think this is a, a great thing for them and their fans. And yeah, 
you're right. Probably not the best for the for Vancouver in terms of the standings, but no, we'll, we'll but see. What it, it was only a form. couple of weeks ago though that the Galaxy had a game that if they'd won it, and it might actually have been against the Whitecaps, they were going to be top of the West. Now they're seven points off first place. They've still got a nine point cushion to the playoff line though. So I mean, it's it's. I, I think I think though, Michael, on top of Vanny, they have quality. Like if uh, like like Vasquez, like like yeah. he is. He yeah. is quality, and I think when you have that kind of quality, it can save you. Even if you don't have every one of your quality players on, if you only have one or two of them, they can still, you know, be the the game changer for you. And it's the importance of getting the points on the board early. It's like in the CPL with Valor; they've hit mm-hmm. a bad patch, but they got those points on the board early, so it gives you a cushion to turn things round. Yeah. I mean, know in MLS, it's like who's hot as you're going into the the end of the season, into the playoffs, that often makes a difference. Now. Minnesota, Sporting Kansas City, 0-0 draw. That kicked off Saturday's action. But, oh, for a 0-0 draw, this was a tasty game. If anyone hasn't seen this, I highly recommend like watching this. First of all, I want us to say, this, they built up that this is called the nicest rivalry in sport. Now, give your heads a shake. There should be no nice rivalries in sport. I like my aggression. I like my anger. Maybe not quite boiling over like Marseille and Nice did today. I don't know if anyone saw that in League Boy, One. Boy, Jesus, I saw oh, your tweet. That's ridiculous, man. I haven't Seriously. seen that yet. Oh. That was like beer league action. Oh, somewhere. yes. <laughs> I, well, in, in summary, Zach, somebody I, threw a bottle at Dimitri Paye as he was taking a corner. He takes the bottle and throws it back into the crowd and then throws another bottle. Then another player comes over and throws it. The Nice fans then invade the pitch and all the Marseille, or the Nice players come over and they're like pushing and shoving the the Marseille players. And then it looks like one of the Marseille coaches punches a fan. Um, long story short, the game is suspended. The referee said it was fine not to continue because he couldn't guarantee the safety of the Marseille players. But the French Federation said, no, this game is going ahead. And Marseille refused to come out to finish the game. And Nice have been awarded a 3-0 victory. <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah, it was great. I'm watching, I'm watching the video on your thing right now. Oh, yeah. Watch this while I'll rattle through the MLS thing. <laughs> so, 0-0 now, now with Minnesota and KC. The tackles were flying in early. I think in the first minute there was a crunching tackle. Uh, Reynoso, Reynoso, I'll get it right. Reynoso was being targeted constantly by the KC players, as he has in quite a few games. He's clearly Minnesota's danger guy. But Casey's Walter was sent off in the 21st minute. I think it was a bit harsh, but both sides then had chances to score. Tamelia, massive performance. Definitely one of the players of the week for, for me. He came up big in this. This is the second game in a row, though, that Minnesota have faced 10 men and couldn't come away with a victory. And with things so tight in the West, these are the kind of games that you look back on at the end of the season. And I don't think it's going to cost them a playoff spot, but it could cost them a a top four finish or a home playoff game. So these are the games that's really costly. Next up was Columbus 1, Seattle 2, rematch of last year's MLS Cup. And I mean, we're talking about the Whitecaps fight. Seattle, they're also a team that don't know when they're beaten. 1-0 down with 30 minutes to play after Bradley Wright Phillips had put Columbus ahead. They look gone. And then 88th minute, Ariaga. 89th minute, Will Bruin. Somehow, Seattle 
go away with three points. They're just I a team watched a full game. Oh, I watched they, that full game, actually. I watched nine the They know how I, to get the job done. I'm so... I mean, as a Whitecaps fan, former, uh, being part of the organization, I, I'm i impressed with them, seriously. It's just, Yeah, it's hard not to be. It's like yeah, you seriously. want to not be, Yo, but, Exactly. Man. Like, how do you come back after, like away from home to last 10 minutes just... They just look so, and the Colombian, he looks so good on with. I mean, he yeah. just respect, Nav- respect, Navidi. respect. I, I, that's all I, I can say. <laughs> Seriously, you can't to you, not, no, to you, to you for using that term. Oh. <laughs> you can't not admire though and respect Seattle for what they've done just as a club since joining MLS. Yeah, I think you can, Michael. I think you can. Well, you've been partying with them and having a blast. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully I get back down to party again in the in the locker room after they, they lift it this year as well. Obviously that won't be happening. That's going to be the Whitecaps. Right. Houston 2, Dallas 2. Another week, another Texan derby. That's how it's kind of feeling at the moment. There's a lot of them taking place in August. Hottest month of the year. Have all the derbies in Texas. Why not? Saves other teams going there. I don't know if they're giving the COVID Cup for whoever wins the Texan derbies this year because they're obviously out of control down there. Disappointing crowd. Now, I don't know if it's just that Houston have crowd limits or if folk just aren't going up. But for a derby game, there was a lot of empty seats in this one. So I was I was a little bit surprised. I think Houston has been having crowd limits for quite a while. Oh, mm. yeah. Long time. And Dallas. <laughs> This wasn't, a, this wasn't a bad game. Fafa Pico was bundled over for a penalty and he gets up to, to score in the 25th minute, 1-0 Houston. Dallas tied it up in the 54th from Tavari. Four minutes later, they make it 2-1. Sloppy Dynamo defending, they give the ball away, Ricardo Pepe scores. Then Matias Vera levels with a low, long range on the 72nd minute. Share of the spoils, fantastic result for the Whitecaps. That's, you, you want as many games to be draws now as possible with these teams. And the other Texan team also came up with a fantastic result from a White Cats point of view. Austin 3, Portland 1, the hipster derby. Who can outweird the other the most? Both the city's taglines are keep Austin weird, keep Portland weird. It's like, this game was weird because this was not the Austin that the White Cats faced on Wednesday. Austin were very impressive. I would go as far to say that that first half from Austin is their best first half of the season. They were three goals up and playing beautiful football, taking all their chances. They went 1-0 up in the 11th minute from a Dominguez penalty after he was brought down in the box that somehow the referee had to do a video review to give the penalty. It was just a clear-cut penalty for me, but anyway. Three minutes later... Fagundes headed home to make it 2-0. It was all Austin. They got a third in the 29th minute. Gallagher had an effort cleared off the line after missing all those chances against the Whitecaps. And then their DP, Sebastian Driussi, fired home to make it 3-0. Timbers pulled one back. Aspria got one back 10 minutes in the second half. But Austin, comfortably here. And great result. They, they really like to play against Portland. They do, or Portland don't really like to play against Austin. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Then that's, the action, that's a crazy result. Yeah. The action what does it tell up. you about a Timbers, though? I haven't watched a Timbers over this season at all. But They've been very up and down. It's, yeah. 
they've got the players, but there's certain games that they're just shocking in, and this this was one of them. Huh. I, I, I don't know. But the last game of the weekend, another good result for the Whitecaps because you want these top teams to kind of pull away a little bit, and that's Colorado right now. They're playing lovely stuff. 2-1 win, come from behind win, in the Rocky Mountain Cup for all the chocolate. RSL must be hating VAR after this one. They went 1-0 up in the 34th minute, or so they thought, after Rubin bundled at home. I, I don't know why it was ruled out. And whoever put together the MLS highlights as well needs to, to splice a bit in where they're actually saying that the goal was ruled out because they didn't. And then it just cut then to the second half and it still says nil no, nil. No. So they need to really address that. But VAR ruled it out. 51st minute, RSL did take the lead. Albert Rusnak blasted home. 64th minute, Diego Rubio headed home to tie it up. Wasn't great RSL defending. Then 71st minute, Mark Anthony K, superb header. RSL then thought they'd got a penalty, but it was given as offside by VAR. So, yeah, they're hating VAR in this. 2-1 win for Colorado. Colorado, though, in the second half, beautiful football from them. They're they're playing great stuff. Yeah, really, really happy for Mark Anthony K, obviously. Did you see, you saw the goal, right? I did. It was lovely. Looking at the standings, out in front, Seattle, 21 games played, 42 points. Points per game, two. Can't argue with that. Kansas City in second after really dropping points where they they shouldn't have the last couple of weeks. 21 games played, 39 points. Colorado now third, 37 points from 19 games. They win their two games in hand. They are top of the West. That's tremendous stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. You've got LA Galaxy in fourth and 35. Then there's a big gap because you feel these four are pulling away now. Although Galaxy are doing their best not to. Minnesota's fifth on 28. Salt Lake's sixth on 27. San Jose's seventh on 26. So that's the playoff places. Then you've got Portland now on eighth and 24. So two points back of the playoff spots. LAFC 9th and 23, Whitecaps 10th and 23 because of the tiebreaker, Dallas 11th and 22, then Austin 19, Houston 19. I'm going to say Austin and Houston, I'm writing them off the playoff. Houston still haven't won on the road all season. If they don't address that, I think they're, they're gone and Austin's too right. up and down. So I think we're looking at Dallas, Vancouver, LAFC, Portland, looking to get into the spots that San Jose, Salt Lake and Minnesota are holding. Dallas, 22 in 11th. Minnesota, 5th and 28th. That's the big gap. There's games in hand for some of these teams. There's very little room for error, but the important thing is the Whitecaps are very much still in it, especially with these home games coming up. And we talked about it in the last show, how many points do they need? If they can win seven of these nine games at home, I I see them being a a playoff team because they're a team that can also pick points up on the road. But it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight for the whole season. Got a chance to ask MDS a little bit about that at training on Friday. Here's what he had to tell me. (laughs) 
recent results across the league have really gone in the team's favour. There's points getting dropped all over, teams are taking points off, off everyone. This does feel like it's going to go right down to the wire. I think it's going to be like that. I think uh, we're going to be in the battle all the way. And what I think is that our division is like that. And when we speak uh, between coaches, no coach, maybe sometimes fans could, could think it's the last against the first, or uh, they, they could look at standings and, and think about a game based on standings. But between coaches and players, we don't see any difference. Look how Seattle has been playing and look how we went to Seattle. Uh, just look at our three games against the LA Galaxy, how, how tight they were. So there's a lot of, of factors that, uh, that show that uh, the Western Division is going to be everybody could make it, absolutely everybody. At the same time, the top four are kind of pulling away a little yeah. bit, maybe even the top five, so the, the number of available places is getting less and less. It's getting, yeah, and it's it's going to be like that until the end. Uh, we're in a league that success is only measured by, uh, were you in the top seven or not? And But we're not like that. We, for us, is to fight all the way, to try to be in the top seven, and to stay, to be as close as the top in the top seven. That's what we want to do, uh, and we have the opportunity to get a, over that line, and we wanna we wanna embrace that. MDS, they're just talking about the tightness of the West. It feels like it's going to go right the way down to the wire. It's exciting, and if teams can keep taking points off each other, Navid, and just getting these draws, we're in with a really good chance here. Yeah, and. It, it looks, I mean, we have a big advantage and we're playing all these games at home. But now the question is can they really pull off seven out of nine wins? That's going to be a big yeah. one. Can they stay healthy? Exactly. Can they get the attack really going? Yeah. It's all those things. I didn't, I didn't, you know, for the longest time ago, I thought, oh no, like Michael's talking the seven out of nine wins, like that's not going to happen. But I, I tell you, you know, the form they're in right now, I, you got to, you got, like, there's got to be at least a little bit of belief and there's you know there's massive growing let's say growing confidence in that locker room yeah that they, well, they, 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 they can be they you know, should. top seven one loss in 10 and undefeated in eight and yeah there's maybe only two three three wins now in that in that eight but if they can't fix the first half performances it's not going to happen because yeah. some of these teams are going to punish. I mean, yeah, you, you play like that against a Seattle or a Colorado. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it, my my one concern, as much as I, I I think this, you know, might not be that big a concern, but my one concern is if they do fix the first half, do they lose all the good that they've been doing in the second half? Do they put so much. You know, <laughs> hey, with, if there are a goals, couple of goals up, who cares? Well, with gold starting, and but yeah, let's say they they're. But no, they're, that's valid. Yeah, you know they they're they're not going to have gold fresh coming in the second half to change the game. Like I'm I'm just slightly concerned about that for them, but I, th I think ultimately it'll actually be better for them. Like like I think you guys do. It's su it's such a league that a bit of momentum goes a long way, yeah. and string some back to back results together, and you are soon climbing that table, and you don't and you can start to fall down as LAFC have clearly shown and I still think LAFC is too good a team not to get into the postseason but 
I'm 50-50 on that just now because maybe they're not a good team. That's maybe why they're they're in the mess that they're in. But that's our MLS chat for this week. I just want to round it off, though, by talking about the game that I'm sure none of us really care about that much, which is the MLS All-Star game on Wednesday. It's so, against the Liga MX All-Stars. So, so why are we going to talk about it? Well... Are you, are you con- contractually obligated to? <laughs> no, surprisingly <laughs> not, but... I think they've forgotten I write for them, to be totally honest. It's been a it's been such a while. This does interest me a lot more than other All Star games because I the like yeah, yeah, I like the format because it's league versus league. So that mm-hmm. that intrigues me a little bit more. Still don't yeah. like the timing of it in the middle of a season. And I'm glad there's no white caps on it because the last thing we need is getting guys going to play in this, especially before a Canadian championship game, which would they'd be ruled out of. But I I tasked you, I don't know if you came up with it or not, to come up with your All-Star 11. I got a chance to to submit mine um, as media a couple of weeks back, and I'll I'll just tell you who I went with. I went with a 4-3-3, and it was interesting, because it was only when I was putting this together that I realised I only went for two American players, and my other nine are all international players. So Hmm. when I picked this, I went with Nashville's Joe Willis, because in goal, because Nashville were having a great run of, of form. He'd had a few clean sheets. There was a number of keepers you could really have gone with. My back four was Jalen Lindsay, Casey Homegrown, Jacob Glesnes, the Norwegian from Philadelphia Union, Yamar Gomez from Seattle, the Colombian, and another Seattle defender, Australian Brad Smith. My midfield and... It was, I've left it out Tejon Buchanan huh. because I went for a midfield that I, I wanted a DM, a kind of CM, an attacking midfielder. And if I had just gone for the three best midfielders, I would have put probably Buchanan instead of Jao Paulo, the DM from Seattle. Um, Carlos Gill from New England Revs, the Spaniard, who's out with a muscle injury just now, but i got him in, and Damir Krylach. Got to have him. He's down as a midfielder. He's he's in there as well. And my front three, Daniel Saloui from KC, the Hungarian. Amazing season he's having. Raul Rui Diaz. How can you not? And Chicharito for the start of the season that he had. So so that was that was my all-star eleven that I picked. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't have put Buchanan at right back or in for either Chicharito or Saloy. Yeah, I, I could have put him in. I, I just I'm thinking of him more though as a midfielder these days. Yeah, but he, no, he plays he plays he like can the, play, the winger yeah. and he plays played a little bit of fullback. So Yeah I, I could slot him in still because I I don't disagree. I think your middle three are really valid selections and and tactically yeah you wouldn't want a Buchanan in the midfield that you've set up, yeah, I don't think. Right, let's um, let's take Jalen Lindsay out there and we'll stick in. Sure, Dejan Buchanan instead. No, Zilla Ryan from Columbus. He impressed me so much. It, it was it was tough just because of the other Chichita, guys that's been yeah. playing so well. He can play for he, he can play for Gill. If yeah, Gill is injured. Yeah, that's true. I hope Chicharito as well was out. So I was surprised you didn't put Matt Turner in. I actually put Matt. Yeah, Turner in. like. Oh, yeah. that, that performance over the summer, I mean, with the US. I think I was... would put him in now 
Mm. Uh, like when I picked this, I was looking just at MLS results, but I think I, I think Turner deserves, and he has he's in the the roster for this game on Wednesday. Yeah. Any other heart- ones that you guys would have slotted in? You must have been heartbroken. You couldn't put your uh, donut eating buddy uh, a keeper because he's been injured. Yeah, and I, I didn't oh. even put Freddie in. I know. Well, you got enough of your flounder friends. So I know three. Good. I felt bad, but let's be let's be honest. The quality team them oh. in New England at the moment. How about both of the roll downs? They're yeah. both on the roster. They're playing well as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just flicking through the guys that that did make it in to the Miles Robinson, Atlanta, Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Nashville. Yeah, but Atlanta's been trash. I know Robinson's not like he's been okay, but Yeah. They've been awful. But you've got to I no A lot of no, this how... is popularity as well. Yeah. And guys get in whether it's not on merit. No. Has Nuhu been impressive, or like how is he in in this in this Nuhu. from Seattle? Yeah, he's in. I, I don't. Know, I'll grudgingly admit, yes, I just don't like him as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very dirty, which I guess oh, is why I don't like him because he's playing yeah. for a team I don't like. You put Nuhu in the Whitecaps, I'm going to love the guy. Yeah. He's one of those guys, but yeah, he he's had a he's had a good season. It's hard. To not look past Seattle's players because they've all contributed. Yeah. I mean, well, if, they if have you look a at Whitecaps, they have a total of six on the roster. Yeah, That's the only lot. Whitecap guy that would maybe have been in the conversation was Dahomey. Yeah, maybe yeah. Max Kripal, but I think there's yeah, better keepers that, that's been playing. Dahomey would have been the only guy for me that you think, well, yeah, if you want every team represented, yet you, you stick Dahomey in. But then you're looking at the wingers like the. All these yeah, you players. Can, you <laughs> you like, can't have you can't have Dahomey. I don't think ahead of Buchanan, even Buchanan, though more, more yeah. goals. D- Buchanan is listed in the roster as forward stroke winger. Mm-hmm. Right. So when if you're looking at that and you're only having three, it's like for me he doesn't unseat Saloy, Rui Diaz, or Chicharito. So yeah. Who was the last MLS player from the Caps, anyways? Besides Fonzie. I think That's it was Fonzie. Besides Tiber made was... the homegrown one. That was good times in, in Portland. But what about the big... David Usted uh, went. Was he? David? I'm was pretty Kendall? sure he went and he no, didn't Kendall. get his appearance money or something. There was some yeah. weird thing, yeah. Yeah, something happened yeah. with him. David was... Oh, yeah. Jamerit probably at some point. Jay went at the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he went at, like the first year or two. We obviously need more Americans, otherwise we're never going to get anyone picked since it's a popularity contest. <laughs> I, I was really hoping, like, if we hadn't let Ali Adnan go, <laughs> that we could have started a, a thing, get Ali Adnan in the team. It's like it's the only way he was going to get into the States to play is if you got him into the All-Star <laughs> team. You didn't comment on the one I sent to you on the the, the group. Oh. You didn't well, see it? No, maybe I went with a 4-4-2, flat 4-4-2. Oh, that, yes. That's just the writers. Half of them who don't write for them anymore. No, no, it's not. It's just the writers. Well, you've got Simon Borg in there. He doesn't write yeah, for them anymore. I know. He's the oh, you've one. got the owners, yes. <laughs> Carefoot Paulson, Ann Hauer, <laughs> Robert, Robert Kraft. <laughs> and Mark Garber in goals. <laughs> that was a brave decision. Garber's the goalkeeper. I got the most I'm, mobile. Where's Kerfoot at? He's in midfield. Mid center mid, he's running the show. He's not running the show. That's he's sure. out. He's out on the wide. They, they don't care about him. So uh, he disappears though. He's invisible in games. No one can see him. <laughs> yeah, the strikers are Mark Abbott and I forget his last name, but it's Ray. Uh, he might not even be there anymore. 
Ray Ray something Ray W. I forget what his last name is. He used to be like the the guy who used to, to try and crack down on supporter stuff all the time from the league. Oh. He was a piece of work. I don't mm. know if he's still there. Uh, Fun. Anyway, that's our thoughts on the All Star Game. We won't probably be covering it in the next show unless something really dramatic happens. Yeah, that is it for our MLS chat, but it's not it for our Whitecaps chat because we're going to be back after the break talking about the big game that's coming up on Thursday, the Battle of BC in the Canadian Championship. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Marcus Cadena, listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's another song I've been waiting to bring you from a, a 70s artist that I liked, Lena Lovitch. She was born in America, moved over to England, had a number of hits over there. I've got a lot for 7-inch singles. This is a song that wasn't a single release, but it was the opening track to her 1978 debut album, Stateless. That was Home. Lena Lovitch was on the Stiff record label, who had the great slogan, If it ain't stiff, it ain't worth a expletive. Yet the lyrics for that song, Home is where the heart is, home is so unique. And it is. And it was lovely being back at BC Place. The other part of the the song there, though, was Let's go to your place. Do, do, let's go to your place. And, of course, we're staying in BC on Thursday and we're going to someone else's place. It's a local derby. It's a BC derby. It's so exciting. I genuinely cannot wait for this. It's going to be an amazing game. The Whitecaps are travelling over to take on Pacific FC in Canadian Championship action on Thursday night. Zach and me are heading over for it. Naveed will be watching down in the US. How excited are you for this, Naveed? What are you expecting that's, from the game? If I would have come with you guys for up north, that's oh. for sure. That's my MLS All-Star. I mean, that's my All-Star game. That's oh, yes. For, that's for That's sure. the game like, of the midweek. That could be actually probably one of, I mean, in the top three games for the year for me. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, since Pacific I'm got, so, got yeah. the team, this is the match I have this been waiting for. And all these guys that have, I mean... I'm looking forward to see Bustos just play against those, like against the Caps. Yeah, I'm looking forward for Pa. I'm. Ho- I mean, I, I hope he's hope. got his little scooter thing. His scooter thing, yeah. <laughs> so many people he, like. On he the, wouldn't yeah. ruin the turf. He wouldn't ruin the real grass with that thing. Mm-hmm. Turf doesn't yeah. matter. But... No, I, I'm. Yeah, they have been. Yeah. They have been really, really looking forward to this. Um, I'm a little. I mean, hopefully it's changed since last I checked. But uh, like last. Well, this past Monday, 
I checked in and I think they were at 3,500-ish out oh, of the 5,000 really? sold. They, they've I, been struggling to get the numbers in. Yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is unfortunate. Which Not for this wonder, one, though. For this one, the 3,500? I, I don't know. I'd still, again, I wonder how much of it is kind of like hesitancy over yeah. going, getting back mm. into crowds and stuff. I think that's part of it, for sure. It is an open-air stadium anyway. It's not going to have a roof closed on you like BC Place did on Saturday night. I mean, the players are going to be so up for it. There's so many Whitecaps connections, oh. playing-wise, oh. coaching staff. James Merriman in the Whitecaps yeah. Academy for years. Yeah. Pamadou Ka. The only guy what? to to be coaching just now in anywhere, I think that that won the Canadian Championship. Well, obviously Carl Robinson, but that won the <laughs> that won the Canadian Championship with the Whitecaps or one yeah. single win, and he's going to be Vildich so up too. for it. Oh, of course, Mark, yeah, Mark. Yeah, he, he called back. Did he get called back onto the bench once this year? I think. Yeah, he, well, he was on the bench in the last game. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Nolan. I don't know where where he was. Now Pacific got beat quite comfortably by Cavalry on Friday night, but yeah. they did rest some guys. Yes, hopefully resting, and it's not some injury things that that we don't know about because one of them was Boosty. That this is a game that I hope we haven't built it up too much, and it ends up being a bit of a damp squib. But both teams are going to be fired up for it. Both teams want to win. They know what's on the line. It's local pride. Um, I was trying to explain to my friends uh, on these five podcasts that it's finally it's a local derby. And then I was thinking, but then it's like a 40 minute drive to the ferry and then an hour and a half ferry and then another half hour from the ferry to the stadium. You can kind of get to Seattle quicker. So it's not it's yeah. not the closest no, it's game a, they're going to play. It's the first BC derby in the Voyager's yeah. Cup. I mean, like mm. it, this is massive. massive. I think we should have given the Juan de Fuca plate to the winner of this game, but that's just me. I personally think I know MDS is going to be fired up. He doesn't want the like the disaster what happened against Cal like Calgary like when was yeah. it, two years ago. That's going to haunt him. Yeah, I mean if this happens again, I don't know. Because yeah, Vancouver is zero and two in games in competitive matches against CPL sides, which is yeah not good for them. But on the other side. Pacific, this is like the game of the year for them. Ah, like these guys are going to be. I, I, sorry, I shouldn't say 0 and 2. I said they haven't won in two matches against. I saw Michael's uh, doing the matches. I know I was confused. I was like, they played. It was, I, it was 0 0, and then what yeah. was the other? What was it? Was it? It was 2 0 or 2 1? 2 1, because we did, we did pull one back. Yeah. I, I love this competition. Mm -hmm. I think we all do. Mm -hmm. I am very concerned how many people even know it's on across Canada. Because really? th there was games which we'll, we'll come to in a sec that were played over the weekend. And I tweeted out one of the games was live and free on One Soccer's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. yeah. And folk were like, I didn't even know this was on. Mm -hmm. So it it's concerning to me that this is a, such a great tournament and the vast majority of the general football and public will have no idea at all. You yeah. can't watch it unless you've got One Soccer. It just seems a waste. What's just... what's what's the answer though, Michael? Because like I think I think the clubs at least do a little bit for it. I think the the association does a little bit for it. I think one soccer does a little like they, everyone's doing like doing yeah. a little bit. Like I, I, that's fair. I don't know what the answer is. It's just yeah. it just feels such a waste. I, I don't know what the CSA could do more. I mean, the the networks clearly don't want to put these games on 
it's like they could if they want strike a deal to to show these games but or highlights or something you want my honest opinion about this yeah general public in vancouver tons of friends that play in the vmsl and all that they're just not interested seriously yeah they watch your barcelona's the premier leagues and even like seriously that's fair I, I, it's just and i don't know how you can overcome that i mean more marketing whatever it's just it's sad though i mean like i'm so pumped for it it's like i don't know maybe it's like the relate. Uh, it's the general public ah, how could you attract people to watch this game but uh, it, it, yeah. it's also because cup football is still quite an alien concept yeah. over here yeah right? that's the thing i think uh, you marketed the way i explained it to my children like this your this is a tournament for a trophy, huh. and and it, and I mean with my kids I explained to them the significance of the trophy and where it came from and the you know the importance of it and yeah I, I don't know education is a big part and to be fair to the the Vancouver Whitecaps over the years have tried to play do their part in educating their yeah their their ardent supporters and their casual fans into understanding it but you're right Michael it's clear that there's ongoing higher levels of education needed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because people are going to miss out on, on what is, what is going to be a great occasion. Yeah. Oh, you can also market it. How I marketed it to my wife. Do you want a few days over in the Island? Get a chance to see your dad. Yeah. On you. Here you go then. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is for us. For us, it's a, it's our one summer family excursion, you know, in the midst of not being able to go anywhere. Yeah, I think it's our or, first. I'm not to go anywhere. It's our first trip away actually since September 2019. I've been away a couple since then on my own, but it's the first mm-hmm. one like with Caitlin, so it's going to be nice. Now, you think he's going to put in a strong team? I mean, MDS. Well, that's a, that's a question. Funny me, you should uh, mention that. Let's hear a little bit of audio just now uh, from Mark DeSantis talking about just that. So big game coming up on Thursday. It's a BC derby. Obviously, the fans have looked forward to this for a while. I know how much this championship and this tournament means to you. What are you expecting from this game on Thursday? Number one, we learned with uh, the pass that it's not... uh, 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 You play against teams that you can never take lightly somehow. so we're going all in and what i mean all in is if people expect rotations and change no way it's gonna happen we're going all in we're taking it extremely seriously we have an opponent called pacific that is a good team and that they're doing very well in the canadian premier league we're very aware of that so there's not much more that i could tell you of how much serious we are and by serious is when you'll see the lineup in Pacific, you'll see how serious we are about it. With the MLS being so tight and every point's really at a premium, obviously you're taking this seriously as well. The, the route that this can give you into the Champions League, is that something that really that's what you? That's what's our motivation of all the group. Uh, and if we, if we have to, if there's a week that has Canadian Championship and in um, an MLS game after, or it's tight, we'll always prioritize the, the Canadian Championship. So, Mar DeSantis there, saying the words that I wanted to hear, 
the Caps are going to go for it. They're prioritising this competition. They're all winning this competition. It's great to hear that, Navid. I don't know what the general fan base might make of it because they might be like, well, the league's way more important. Why are you focusing on this game against a lower league team or whatever? But it's great. You wanted them to take it seriously. You want them to win it. And I like that Mark is treating this seriously and wants to, clearly wants to win it. 100%. I mean, whenever you get the chance to win a trophy, it's huge. I mean, I experienced it in 2015 with the guys in the locker room. Unforgettable. Probably, I mean, I'll never forget that moment, the celebrations. It was history, for sure. And I'm sure it would be awesome for MBS and for that for the staff over there. And just that group. Um, yeah, this, I mean, totally makes sense why he wants that one. I mean, there has, there's still the... The quota, Zach, for a certain number of Canadians that have to start the pitch, but with the squad the Whitecaps got just now, it's obviously still going to be a, a a strong team that's out there. You must be delighted as well that they're they're clearly like treating this seriously, prioritizing it all in on this competition. Yeah, I think all the clubs in this competition need to treat it that way, and I think this is the kind of I think this competition has as recently has arrived and continues to be at a place where if you disrespect it, you will suffer. Yeah, and I think the Whitecaps have learned that to their their peril. Now, there'll be a number of guys playing in the tournament for the first time. One of them is Ryan Gold, who has a, a good history in cup football. He's been in a couple of cup finals. What does he know about the competition? How much is he looking forward to it? We'll ask him that after Saturday's game. Here's what he had to tell me. Now, the next game that's coming up is on Thursday. It's a cup game. Obviously, that's a, a thing that you've had a lot of experience of over the years. I, I don't know how aware you are yet of the, the club's history in this competition. It, it's not been great. There's been a lot of heartache. Mark describes it as an obsession to, to try and, and win another cup. What, what are you looking forward to? And just what are your kind of memories from, from cup games over the years? Um, well, I'm definitely looking forward to first experience of a cup game here um, I'm aware that it's a huge a huge deal to the club we all are we're all aware that you know it can give you the passage into the into the Champions League if you will so um, we're definitely you know aware that it's a big game and I've had some I've had a mix of experiences in the past in cup games managed to win uh, win one cup final in Portugal but I've also been on the losing side in a cup final with Dundee United so um, you know, there's de there's definitely mixed emotions when it comes to cup games, but it's it's 90 minutes, 11 against 11, and um, you know, it's not always the the strongest team or the team of a higher league that wins. It's who shows up on the day, and you've got to be at your best to to beat anyone. So Ryan Gold there, just giving some of his thoughts about the big battle of BC that's coming up on Thursday. Really looking forward to that one, as we said. And, yep, yeah, Zach and myself will be over at the game. We might do a, a special midweek show. I've got a couple of interviews lined up. So watch your podcast feeds just in case we can. If not, we will bring you those next weekend. But the Whitecaps Pacific game is going to be the last Canadian Championship game to be played in this first round. And let's call it what it is. It is the first round. It is not a preliminary round. It's the first round. Don't know why they go down that road. 
All the other first round games are in the history books just now. The action kicked off last Sunday in another Al Classico as Cavalry went to Edmonton, came away with a comfortable 2-0 win thanks to a first half Joe Mason goal and with his first goal for his new club, Ben Fisk. Ben 10 wrapped up the win just past the hour mark. Personally, I was disappointed to see both sides not fielding full-strength lineups. Both of them kind of made maybe four, five, six changes to what you would feel is their, their full-strength starting eleven right now. Obviously, we've talked about the fact that the Whitecaps are going strong into this game on Thursday. Have to fully expect Pacific well as well with Pamadou Ka. That cavalry win, though, sets them up to take on the winners of that Pacific FC and Whitecaps game. Tommy Bilden Jr. and his Cavalry FC side, of course, famously made history by becoming the first CPL team to knock out an MLS team in this competition back in 2019. Can history repeat itself? Pretty sure that Tommy and the guys will be well fired up for this one if it does end up being against the Whitecaps. And no matter who Cavalry get in the next round, it's certainly going to be a cracking cup tie. Let's just bring you a little bit of audio just now, though, from Tommy Pielden Jr. I just kind of asked him after that win over the Eddies how much he's looking forward to possibly having another bite at the Whitecaps. This competition obviously means a, a lot to you. I, I know we had you through here in Vancouver a, a couple of seasons ago. Still a, another game to be played, but I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to be loving another chance to have a crack at the Whitecaps. Yeah, it's always nice. I mean, the, the, the bigger, bigger the opponent, the bigger the game. Um, but having said that, you know, I really respect what Pamadou Carr and James Merriman have done with Pacific this year. They're a terrific side, and I'm sure they're thinking like we did in 2019, that this is a chance you know, to, to have a go at them. And it's a one-off game, and that's the magic of the Cup. So if they win, great, we'll play Pacific seven times this season like we did Forge in 2019. If if, they, if Whitecaps win, great, it sets up a bit of a, you know, a repeat of 2019. But either way, you know, two good teams to play in the next round. Tommy Wheeldon Jr. there. Pretty sure he would love a, another bite of the Whitecaps. If you offered him the chance just now of playing the Whitecaps or playing Pacific, I think he would take the Whitecaps. Now, the other first-round Canadian Championship action that we saw this week saw Halifax Wanderers squeeze past Quebec Premier League champs AS Blainville 2-1. Tuesday night, that game took place. They needed a penalty 18 minutes from time to do it. Really good game. You can check the highlights of that and all the other matches out on One Soccer's YouTube channel. York United certainly didn't have that trouble though on Saturday as they trounced League 1 Ontario champs, Masters FA, from Scarborough. What was the time in that one? Well, it was five past Masters as York came away 5-0 winners. Later on on Saturday, there was the all-CPL matchup between Ottawa and Valor. And that saw the Winnipeggers win 3-2. Second half brace from Austin Ricci. Two goals in a five-minute spell midway through the second half did the damage there after Valor had trailed 1-0. They then led 3-1 before Ottawa pulled one back in stoppage time. So that's setting up the quarterfinals of Cavalry against Pacific or Vancouver. TFC will take on York and the winner of that tie and the Cavalry tie will then meet in the semi-finals. The bottom half of the draw Forge take on Valor in an all-CPL game, 
whereas Halifax will be hosting CF Montreal. Some cracking quarterfinal ties definitely in the books. They will all take place at various days over September. Now, talking of Forge, and just keeping on the cup action, they came through their CONCACAF league tie in El Salvador during the week with a hard-fought 5-3 aggregate win over CD Fass. Both legs were played in San Salvador. The Salvadorians weren't able to travel into Canada for quarantine restrictions, COVID rules, all of that. Forge won the, the home leg two weeks ago, I guess we can say now, 3-1. I say home leg, but it, it was all played in the same stadium. Then they came away with a 2-0 draw in the second. Fell behind, came back, pretty comfortable at getting through in the end, but farcical scenes uh, in the second leg, kind of farcical scenes across both legs, really, because the floodlights went off in both legs, but... This second leg in particular on Tuesday night, long stoppage for rain, torrential rain, the pitch was waterlogged, amazingly drained pretty quickly in the end. Floodlights had gone out from a a power failure and you were just wondering, wow, what's going to be coming next? But Forge got through that one. They will now face Independiente from Panama in the next round and again, possibly might have to play both of those legs down in Panama. But so I bring you a little bit of the post-game audio from that from Forge FC head coach Bobby Smyrniotis. You know this is uh, this is special. This is special moments. You know this is our third year competing in this competition, and I can tell you, Louis, it's uh, nothing gets better than uh, competing on the continental stage. The energy, um, just that's involved in every game, uh, the twists and turns. Uh, first game lights going out second game lights going out the uh, storm uh, and all of that stuff it's just uh, it's always a unique experience and then the quality of our football today was fantastic so most importantly for us is that's what we're going to sit on right now uh, the excellent performance that the guys put in here uh, against a very good team uh, very good team down here in El Salvador and a team in the region um, so we're happy for that we'll get on a plane uh, in the morning and uh, we'll think about the next games coming up once we get back into Hamilton Hey, Bobby, you mentioned the twists and turns. You, you guys kind of get thrown so many curveballs tonight with the early goal and the storm delay and the, the wet pitch. Just what can you say about this team's ability to kind of manage all these situations and how, how much does experience kind of play into that in this competition? Yeah, the one thing we've talked about uh, just with our experience, and especially last year uh, playing all the games uh, away from home in uh, in the competition, is uh, you have to be prepared for different things. Obviously, the weather is something that changes very quickly in uh, in this region. Uh, we saw that tonight, so it can't be something that uh, you mentally get turned off to. You know, that was probably a period we went down a goal. That stoppage comes, uh, everyone calms themselves uh, down a little bit and we get out there in that uh, final part of the 30 minutes. I thought we were excellent in the first half and that set us up for uh, the second half and then uh, the football that we played. You know, we we love the result. We love that we're going to the next round, but most importantly, our guys stepped on the field today as a, as an away team here uh, on the aggregate and and played excellent football. You know, we dominated uh, phases of the game, created opportunities, uh, so I'm thoroughly happy with the players. You touched on it there, that break, no one really wants a big break like that in a game, but having gone the goal down, it obviously gave you a chance to to regroup. What did you say to the guys during that that break to get them coming out more fired up? Yeah, most importantly, we talked about uh, before the game, it's uh, not to get caught up uh, too much in, uh, in how the game kind of goes and knowing that our target was to score a goal. 
You know, that's that's what we wanted to do in the game, and that shouldn't change in, in whatever happens. So that was just the only point we gave to the guys uh, once we had that break, that, uh, you know, we're still ahead with the plan. We still know what we need to do. Um, of course, they were going to attack and uh, playing starting with two strikers, two very good strikers in Zuniga and Peralta. We knew that they could be dangerous on the aerial balls and they caught us in that one situation. But it's just being calm, you know, telling the guys to play in the manner that they know. Uh, and these are games where you have to have that championship spirit, where you have to be able to, to understand and tactically uh, be involved and adjust the situations. And that's one thing this team does. That's one thing this team has done going back to 2019. And I say that because there's a big group of these guys that have been together. So they know how to rise to the occasion. I think they've done that tremendously tonight. Forge FC head coach Bobby Smirniotis there just talking about his side's fantastic win against CD Fass and CONCACAF League action. Couple more wins for Forge could see them qualifying directly to the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League. Obviously, that is the big prize at the end for the Canadian Championship winners as well. That is why Mark DeSantis refers to it as an obsession. He's clearly wanting to get the Whitecaps back into that tournament, wants to test himself at that, that stage. And it's just nice to see clubs really wanting to be in that tournament and then when they get there, taking it seriously. But that is pretty much it for the football chat in this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show. But before we go, we can't finish the show without having this episode's wavelength. And this time we're going back to 2012. A single released by London band Booze and Glory. Now they're big West Ham fans. We've featured them on the show several times before. This is a single that they released back in 2012. You can also find it on their 2013 singles collection, London Skinhead Crew. This is a song all about West Ham getting promotion back where we belong. Everything can change for West Ham United Football Club in the next few seconds. West Ham players are surrounding Webb saying the game should be finished. Time is up. It is up. It's all up for Blackpool. There'll be no Ian Holloway back in the Premier League. It is West Ham United who return...
Booze and Glory, Back Where We Belong, a song about West Ham there, but I'm taking it as being Back Where We Belong for the Whitecaps, back at BC Place, back playing home games in Vancouver. Didn't it just feel wonderful? But that is it for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online and anything that you've learned this week. Well, you can find me on Twitter at nmashinchi. I learned that we, well, I knew that before, but we really, we have a difference maker in our club. And he he's a good header too, apparently. Like we said on Friday, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Bad so. for a wee man. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, really happy about this. And I can't wait to see how this team is going to develop over the next couple of weeks. Zach, where can folk find you online and any final thoughts? What did you learn this week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary AM. Uh, nothing, I don't want to talk about what I learned, but yeah, I would really encourage people who are listening to this. If you don't have one soccer, get it for the day. It's like five bucks or six bucks or get it for the month. It's like 10 bucks or whatever. Um, I mean, if, if you're a white cap supporter, probably get it for, you're probably going to want to get it for a while because you think they're going to advance and there'll be well, more games on there. But if you get it for the month, you'll get the three Canadian qualifiers as well. Ooh, yes. Ooh. So, so that's get worth getting it for the month. Go, go on and get it for a month and just try it out. The service isn't, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not as good as like a DAZN or app or whatever, but. No, the, the app is dreadful. Yeah, it's not, it's the, not great. The content but, on it is good. Yeah, get it for the games that are on it. Don't get it for the people who are doing commentary or anything. Get it for the games. Watch the games. And you're going to set me off and talking about Nigel Reed in a sec, but okay. I think you'll find it worth worth uh, worth your investment. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want the game to grow here, yeah, you, you've got yeah. to support these. Whether you agree with this or not, it needs supported. It's yeah. basically what it boils down to. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a like, a subscribe, and a thumbs up on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. And I learned that the fans of Nice are clearly excited for Football Violence Awareness Month next month here at AFTN. So much so, they started it a couple of weeks early. Hold fire, lads. We'll be back with it soon. And we'll be back with another show soon, hopefully talking about a Whitecaps Cup win and a lot more besides as well. Until then, thanks for listening, take care, stay safe, and mourn the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.